Hey, welcome to the Sex, Self, and Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Fatima, but you can call me Tima. This is a lifestyle podcast focused on sex, self, and relationships. This podcast will provide sex education, focusing especially on female pleasure. We will discuss self-development and how we can become the best versions of ourselves, all while exploring our relationships and how we can show up as our best for all of them. Welcome. Y'all, I'm trying to get better with animals. Can y'all shoot me some tips on how to be more open to animals and just be a more of an animal person? Like, I am like, I like dogs, so I'm I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not an evil human being. I like dogs. I don't really do cats. I'm not going to lie to you. I had this one cat just being weird once at a sleepover, just like following me everywhere. And it really creeped me out because I was the first one to wake up. So I'm a little scarred. As I embark on my spirituality journey and just appreciate nature and the world that I'm in more and my place in it, I am intrigued to get a better relationship with animals. Y'all send me some suggestions on how to not freak out when you see a random cat just run by. Like how to not freak out and scream when you see a butterfly. Yes, I do not do butterflies too. I just always felt like they were fake. Like other bugs, they never got the same respect. But like butterflies got so much respect because they had that pretty little wing thing that made them look so cute. I just felt like they're the same though. They're still bugs, you know, but rent over. I'm trying to have a better relationship with animals. Send me tips on how to do that. Today's episode is on how to stop being the strong one. This episode is important to me because I also can relate to being considered the strong one in certain relationships. Before I get into it, what's the definition of the strong one? The strong one is someone that bears the burden and puts in a significant amount of work into their relationships, even at the expense of themselves. So if you have ever been referred to as the strong one, you've probably heard comments like this made about you or people probably describe you as dependable, never says no, never shows weakness, strong, These are probably traits and words you're familiar with. If this is you, welcome aboard. (laughs) Welcome on this ship. It ain't fun. It seems glamorous, but it's not. For today's episode, my main focus and goal is to cut that shit out. We're eliminating all this strong one facade that we've been carrying on for so long. We're not doing it. We want to live the soft life now, like the babes are doing on TikTok. Soft life only. What I'm realizing is there is no medal at the end of this race for this strong one. There is no medal. So we might as well just live a soft life. That's that's the medal. That's the rewarding. Live every day soft, not holding on to the burden of a whole bunch of million things and others. In addition to the traits that I mentioned before, the dependable, never says no, strong, There are also traits such as depleted, resentful, fear of heavy pressure, passive aggressive, experienced cognitive dissonance, and often and rarely spoken of, depression. With that being said, I want to make my goal today super clear. This is a how-to. If you're not ready to do the work, you don't have to. I'm not here to convince you. I'm just here to teach you how-to. I'm always going to give the work but I'm not going to force you to do it. I honestly don't care. I'm too worried about me doing the work. 
And that's my goal for my episodes. I want you to learn to be selfish. Prioritize yourself. I would love to hear about you taking tips on prioritizing yourself and just being a better human, just being happier. But I could care less if you don't want to take it. And the reason why I feel like I have to say this is because a lot of the tips that I'm going to say today, a lot of people are going to feel like, well, I have to be the strong one. I, I have to do it. Like, And I'm not trying to mimic. I don't know why I had that voice. <laughs> I don't know why. Clearly, my ego and defensiveness is coming up right now. I just need to make it clear who this episode is for. Because those that are actually ready to do the work, those that are open for change. But sometimes we think we want change, but we really don't. We just kind of want to complain about wanting change. So for those that are ready for change and want change, this episode is dedicated to you. Because those that want change are going to get change regardless of all the excuses. It's everyday work. It's not easy. There is no destination to the self-work thing, but you have to be ready to do it. You have to be ready to do it regardless of the reasons why you cannot do it. So with that being said, I really want to go back into the negative traits that comes with being the strong one. And I really want to go into the resentfulness because... That's something that I can relate to a lot because I found myself pouring into a lot of cups. I'm just pouring into people that didn't ask me to pour into them, but pouring into them because I want to be good for them. I want them to be happy or whatever it is, whatever the goal or my need was, overly pouring into them at the expense of myself. And then I realized what that would do at the end of the day would make me upset. My, my body would react either with stress, pain, or whatever, like my body would speak to me, then I'd become resentful. Like, well, why can't they do to me what I do for them? Or, you know, those negative thoughts. And what I'm really telling myself is, why are you pouring on empty? Why are you sacrificing me for them? So I'm mad at myself, but the resentfulness makes me think that I'm mad at them. And they didn't do anything. No one is in control of the amount of work you put into them, whether they put that much work in or not. You are in control of that. If you put work into any relationship or you're the only one putting in work and you're not getting anything in return, you need to look at you. You shouldn't be looking at them to fix that because you're the only one that can. For today's episode, I've created two scenarios in which my make-believe listener is the strong one and is seeking advice in regards to intimate relationship, family, or friends. So the first one is Shadi from Texas. And yes, y'all, I made them up. The show's got to go on. As I continue to build my community, I will start seeking out questions from you guys. And I'd really appreciate it if you guys reach out to me, send me questions or advice you may need on my socials. But for now, we're going to make believe, okay? <laughs> we're going to make believe for now because the show's got to go on. Before we get into the questions, I'll be attacking each advice using three steps that's been very helpful for me to remember when I need to make decisions in not being the strong one. The steps are responsibility, communication, and consistency. Shade from Texas hit me up, okay? And this is what Shade had to say. Hi, Fatima. My name is Shade from Texas. I have been with Ron for five years. We live together and have discussed taking the next step to marriage. I've been very unhappy and overwhelmed with my role in this relationship for some time now. As many women can relate, I'm wearing a lot of hats and starting to become resentful of Ron. I feel like he doesn't really see that and he's not putting in as much effort as I am. 
I have to be the chef. I have to be the nurturer, the therapist, the planner. I'm just so sick of it. I've tried telling him how I felt and I've tried telling him things that I need him to step up in the house, but it's either we get into an argument or I feel like I'm nagging. Please help Fatima. I need this to be fixed because I'm not sure if I could take the next step if this continues to go on. Well, Sade, thank you for hitting me up. Before even approaching this advice, let's take responsibility in this case by understanding that women flourish when loved and appreciated in a relationship. Men flourish when they feel useful. Oftentimes in the beginning of a relationship, women feel in order to gain the love and appreciation in a relationship, we have to work OT. So we doing it all. We playing the girlfriend role. We playing the bestie role. We playing therapist role. We are doing it all because we want to feel our goal loved and appreciated. Oftentimes we spend so much time trying to gain that love and appreciation by doing and doing and doing that we forget to learn how to receive. We only know how to give. And as men, they flourish when they feel useful. So if you're so focused on giving and you have forgotten or you don't know how to receive, there's no way for them to feel useful because you're focused on giving because that's how you want to be loved. That you're not focusing on how he wants to be loved is by feeling that he's useful. So you're going to have to let go of some of the duties that you do. And the only way to do that is by communicating which goes on to my next step. So once you've acknowledged responsibility for your role in this and the actions you take, which is the doer because you want to feel appreciated, now you have to communicate your needs with your partner. And those needs can come in a form of boundaries. Those needs could come in a form of like needing more attention. In whatever way, you have to be able to communicate that, but communicate it effectively. I'd highly recommend the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. The book is so good because it really breaks down the thought process between both sex. It could vary in relationships. The guy could be playing that role. It could be swapped out. But generally, in most relationships, we both come in with different understanding of the world. We often don't know how to communicate that. If you feel like you're overwhelmed with your to-dos around the house and you need your man or your person to step up a bit more, there are ways to ask. Oftentimes, as women, we usually ask when we're fed up. We ask when we are at our limit, like we can't take it anymore. We're already at resentful. We're just sick and tired. Then we start asking with rudeness and aggravation. And when guys hear that tone, to them it's just, oh, she's complaining again. So you have to learn how to communicate with your partner in a language that they understand. For an example, let's say one of your biggest issue is you want your partner to be a bit more romantic and you want them to take you out more. Instead of saying, damn, babe, I feel like you never take me out anymore. You're not putting as much effort in a relationship as you used to. Like, I, I want you to take initiatives on the dates that we go on, blah, blah, blah. It can go a little something like, babe, I really miss you. I miss that awesome date you planned the other day. Or I miss the awesome date you used to plan back in the day. Like, I felt like that really made us, we were so fun. Or like, that really made us connect. And I really want to do that again. Can you plan something for us again? They understand that. Because it's not coming from a place where... They feel like they have to be guarded or they're being attacked. And that's just how human beings work when you think about it. You can't communicate in a place of anger because no one will ever hear you. Or another example is, let's say you want some assistance with cleaning up the apartment on a more regular basis. Maybe instead of saying, you never clean up the place, you can say, babe, isn't this place kind of dirty? You want to help me with cleaning up? Like, let's clean up together. It's an acknowledgement of this is not just a you problem. This is a us problem. Let's fix this together. And this goes into being able to receive. So let's say, you know, your partner's like, you know what? You're right. This place is a freaking mess. 
And you're like, you know what, let's divide and conquer. You get the bedroom, I'll get the bathroom or whatever it is. You can now, after he's done with a bedroom, then go over there and start analyzing everything. Like, damn, you never do anything right. Like, this is how I like to do it. This is how I like to do it. That's going to discourage the person because, like I said before, men like to feel useful. If you're not able to receive the things they do, they're not going to feel useful. They're going to feel like, well, damn, I can't do shit right. And they're just not going to want to do anything. Not only do you have to receive, but you have to receive with kindness and appreciation. You have to learn to appreciate your person and appreciate the things they do, whether it's to your liking or not. And I know that's the hard part for us strong ones because we're like, I like things a certain way. I like this. The only way people get better at things is by allowing them to do it. Yes, maybe the bedroom wasn't clean the way you normally like it. But now you guys started something. Maybe next time when you guys are cleaning up, he attacks the bedroom. It will be cleaner because he's already had experience doing that on his own. You've already assigned that task. And now it's a norm that you can assign tasks like, babe, I'm actually feeling pretty tired today. Can you help me with some stuff? It's okay to be in your feelings. It's okay to show weakness. And I'm realizing now is as the strong one, the only way we can get help and the only way we can stop being the strong one is by allowing our friends and family to see that we are weak sometimes. Like it's okay for us to be weak and we need help. Long story short, let your man be your man. And that's not even on some society gender shit but it's like let your partner flourish in what they're supposed to do in their purpose don't try to control everything like the only way they're going to get better with assisting you is by you allowing them to assist you so if you want them to step up their game more you have to step down your game more and i know it's hard but that's the only way and you have to be able to effectively communicate that which leads me to my last point is consistency when you're communicating boundaries and you're communicating asking for help and learning how to receive, you have to be consistent because these are all habits. You're creating new habits in your relationship for both you and your partner. When you first ask, like, hey, baby, isn't this place kind of messy? Should we start cleaning up? Um, do you want to help me with this part, blah, blah, blah? And you ask those things. You can't just ask one time. You have to be consistent. When you need help, you have to be consistent with being able to ask for those help because you start creating a different habit between you and your partner. Because now they know that, you know what? She tends to be overwhelmed when she gets back from work. So maybe let me cook up something for dinner. They know. Oftentimes, as women, we think people can feel or they are aware of how we feel based on our actions or our subtle reactions to things. But honestly, they're not required to know that. You're required to share it. Okay? So you're going to have to be able to communicate to your partner the things that you need them to step up, Sade, okay? Please. You'll see, and I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to be easy. It sounds easy right now when I'm saying it, but there will be some pushback. There will be some initial pushback, and you have to be okay with that because you guys have been together for five years. You are changing the dynamic of your relationship. You're going to have to be okay with your partner needing some time to adjust to it. So if, if they're in your feelings the first time when you ask, just be consistent. Let them know why this matters to you. Like, Babe, I need your help with cleaning because I'm honestly really tired. Not, I'm honestly really tired and you never do shit. No, I'm honestly really tired and I, I don't think I could do it by myself. And they, if they get mad, give it time. Just be consistent with what you need. Be consistent with who you are and the help you need. And your true partner, your life partner will understand with time. We all have egos. So when you set boundaries, people tend to feel attacked by it. But with time, the ones that love you and care about you, but they'll come around. I promise you that. They will always come around because they love you and they want to see you happy. 
So good luck, Sade. I really wish you the best. So the next person is John. Okay, so let's read this letter. Hi, my name is John from Brooklyn. I could really use some advice. I'm really starting to dislike my family. There's three of us, my brother, my mom, and myself. Our father passed when we were younger, so I've been wearing the father slash man of the house hat for a while. I haven't minded it much, but it's so overwhelming and I'm starting to get sick of it. My brother, who was two years younger, I'm 30, he's 28, only calls me when he needs something, especially money. I feel like he's not a go-getter and I'm sick and tired of being financially responsible for him for so long. My mom is great, but I still feel like I'm the only one taking the burden of the things she needs, both emotionally and financially. Sometimes I just feel like I need people to pick up their own slack. I need them to get things done on their own and not need my input every part of the way. Hey, John, thanks for reaching out. So let's attack this first with taking responsibility. You have to take responsibility for the role you play in this family as well. You guys clearly have an ongoing codependent relationship going on where you've played the giver and you're in a family with multiple takers. There's no way to have giver and taker if someone isn't playing the giver role and someone isn't playing the taker role. So if you're at a point in your life where you feel like this is something that you can no longer do, this is something that is no longer satisfying you, you have to stop being the giver. Someone just has to stop playing a role. And the great thing about one person stopping playing the role is the codependent relationship ends. If you stop playing the giver role, there is no longer any taker because there's nothing to take. The change has to come from you and not necessarily them. Oftentimes, when we're in this situation, we want everyone to change. We oftentimes just want to have this one big conversation with everyone where we're like, hey, don't do this anymore. Don't need me anymore. We want the outside world to change. But unfortunately, and I will keep repeating on this podcast is we have no control over the outside world. The only thing you can control is yourself. So with that being said, you have to take responsibility for the role you played. And once you take that responsibility for the role you played in this relationship, you can start changing it because there's work to be done. You can start changing your role from the giver to the giver and the taker. A normal relationship where it's mutual. But that has to stop with you giving first, which takes us right into communication. You have to start communicating with your family. Let's start with your mom first. You mentioned your issues with your mom was also emotional. And I'm assuming that, you know, you're probably the one she goes to for advice and you're probably the one she goes to for the major family burdens because like you said earlier you've played the man of the house role for so long and I'm sure you've probably taken some of the responsibility that your dad used to have you have to cut that shit out not to be frank not to be rude but you have to cut that part out because you are not the man of the house you are not your father you are her son so you have to stop playing that role, even if it's a role that you're so used to, because it's a habit that you've created to protect you for so long. You no longer need that. Now you have to establish a different relationship with your mom where you're not acting as her late husband and you're acting as her child as an adult. So you have to start redefining your niece to your mom, especially if you've never expressed to her these burdens that you have. Communication is key when it comes to setting boundaries, especially with our parents. It's even more challenging with our parents because they're often so stuck in their ways that we think they'll never change. And I need you to go into this expecting change. And trust me, you will see change. Doesn't matter how stuck in her ways she may be, you have to start reinforcing your expectation in the relationship. 
So when she calls you and she starts venting about family problems and things that are just too much, that's weighing on you way too much, because she's also calling to offload. You have to tell her, mom, I'm not in the space to talk about this right now. Mom, I can't take this right now. It's too much for me. I have a lot going on. I know it sounds harsh. I know. Setting boundaries is not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's going to be harsh. You're going to have to say it nicely. But the crazy thing about setting a boundary is it doesn't matter how nice you say it, people will still be offended. You have to be willing to risk people being offended. When your mom brings up something that's just too much emotionally for you to take on, you have to keep reminding her, mom, can we talk about something else? And also recommend therapy for her. And of course, I'm not telling you to just drop your mom and never talk through these things with her, but talk about these things with her on your own time when you are mentally available to take it when you are in a space where you can handle it and help her through it but do not sacrifice your mental health trying to save everybody else including your mom so let's go into setting financial boundaries and this goes for both your mom and your brother you just gotta say no it doesn't matter if you have it it doesn't matter if you don't have it you don't need to give an excuse just say no i know things may be different especially if your mom is financially dependent on you I come from a family of immigrants. I know how those things work, especially when, you know, you're expected to help out your family. So I'm not saying just completely cut off your family or cut off your mom, but there are certain boundaries you can set financially. So let's say you give your mom an allowance every month. And if you don't, maybe you need to consider giving a budget. Hey, like mom, this is the amount that I'm, I'm going to give you on a monthly basis based on your needs. And if that's what it is, stick to that. But if the issue is there's additional funds being requested out of that amount that you know is just an extra for her, you need to set boundaries to saying no. It's going to be weird at first. She's probably going to be in her feelings at first, but she'll get over it. She'll get used to it. And then to your brother. He's a grown-ass man. He's a grown-ass man. The only way you can teach him to be the best version of himself, the only way you can make him be his own man and do things on his own as a man is by letting him do things on his own as a man. I know you've been the savior, you've been the help, you've, you've been holding everybody down for so long. But if you really want to hold your brother down, you're going to have to let him do things on his own. So him, I would advise you cut it off. Cut the financial help off. Unless it's an emergency, but I would advise you just set a different relationship with your brother so this is not something that is ongoing. Because I'm assuming if this is ongoing until he's 28 and you're 30, it's probably going to keep going forever if you don't nip this in a bud right now. So with your mom, set a budget that works for the both of you guys. Something that you know works for her as well. So you don't feel like you're just completely leaving her hanging. And try to stick with that budget. Do not go out of that budget so it's not at the expense of yourself. Which brings me to the last part of the advice. Consistency. Because I know it's tough, but you have to do it. You're investing in yourself by setting these boundaries. And it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. You just got to stick it through. You're just going to have to be consistent with communication and setting these boundaries. It's going to be an everyday work. Sometimes you're going to be caught off guard, but you know when you're feeling uneasy. You have to express those to your loved ones. You have to express that to your mom. You have to express that to your brother. Like, you know what? This isn't really making me feel the way I want to be feeling right now. Can we pause this and redo this another time? Or, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to do that. Maybe let have somebody else do it. You know, like... I'm going to skip that. I'm not really in a mental space for that. You're going to have to say that on a regular basis until they start developing those same habits to support you 
which will require you to do less giving because now they know they can't run to you to do everything. They have to go to someone else or do it themselves. You're helping them by helping you. It's a win-win. It just It's a full circle. Please like, share, and most importantly, leave reviews to help the podcast grow. For more information on the resources used in this episode, please refer to the links in the bio. 